0: Welcome to Douglas Wilson's The Podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to announce that available now for a pre-Christmas release is Pastor Wilson's Productivity. If you're looking to be more productive in 2020, then do not miss out on Productivity: A Practical Theology of Work. Look for the link in the show notes. Welcome to podcast episode one two one, podcast episode one twenty one. I want to uh, talk for a moment about um, memes, and and I've got a particular meme in mind because uh, memes are a really funny recent uh, development in communication, and uh, the meme I have in mind is the uh, is the Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself meme. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with uh, the structure of this meme, uh, just Google top 10 Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself memes and you'll get uh, you'll get a sampling. And it's um, I've seen uh, a a picture of a distant galaxy and a bunch of facts uh, are recited about this distant galaxy. And it's and you think you're reading a factoid about uh, about the galaxy or or how igloos are heated, or a a, a a spearhead from the 1800s that was found in a whale over a century later. Um, And you're reading the factoid about this thing and the picture of the the spear or the galaxy or the igloo. And then the last um, line is, and Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. Um, So what is going on here? This appears to be something that. This is one of those situations where uh, the official account of you know, Epstein is about to uh, is about to uh, testify, and he was on a suicide watch like the week before, and the guards he was, but he was taken off suicide watch and then the guards went to sleep and then the security cameras malfunctioned and then in this uh you know long chain this long comedy of errors you have the whole country left right and middle saying <laughs> getting a good laugh over this that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself he w- his testimony was going to be uh, mighty inconvenient to a lot of people, and so he uh, was suicided. Now, this is not—just um, as I'm recording this, I, I just saw today um, uh, a woman reporter from, uh, I think it's ABC News, who was uh, venting. It was a hot mic moment. She wasn't on air, but she was sitting behind the desk, and, and people should remember that every mic is always on. And she was venting about how they had this story on Epstein three years ago, and it had been spiked. It had been quashed. It had been shut down. And why had it been? Why had it been? Well, because Hillary was running for president. That's why. Um, And this is the sort of thing that you can tell from 3,000 miles away. Come at this from another angle. The United States is right in in all the empires that have ever been, all the superpowers that have ever existed, the United States is right at the top. There are enormous amounts of money involved. Wealth, glory, girls, you know, there's just all kinds of many opportunities for the worst sort of corruption. And if a nation like ours Existed at this level of prosperity and wealth and uh, might without developing a corrupt class at the top, it would be the very first time in human history that that happened. Lord Acton famously put it power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, yeah. Anybody who believes that Jeffrey Epstein managed to kill himself is, um, they ought to write a novel, sell it to, you know, um, you could call it Gullible's Travels. Always a we will be God. Continuing on with podcast episode 121. The next word in our hamartiology section uh, is a word that's descriptive of a particular sin the sin of sodomy and it, the word is arsenokoites, arsenokoites, and it refers to homosexual coupling or sodomy uh, the etymology of the word helps us to see see what it's talking about arson means male and the coites comes from a word which means to lie as in to lie down with so when a man lies with a man as with a woman as is described in leviticus 20:13 he is an arsenacoites So, this word is found in two places in the New Testament. The first is in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, where it says, Practitioners of the following sin, excuse me, the following sin, connected with other sins as well, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 says this, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Uh, that phrase, abusers of themselves with mankind, is how the KJV renders Arsenicoites. Now, um, that, and this list, from 1 Corinthians 6-9 uh, goes on, They're, these are not the only things that will result in people not inheriting the kingdom of God. That, that, that list continues. But we've gotten to Arsenicoites, and so let's stop there and talk about it. That one word is rendered here as abusers of themselves with mankind. Because this passage pairs that sin with the sin of being effeminate. That's the thing right before, where it says, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. The, ES, the ESV made the mistake of translating both words together as one sin. So Paul, Paul gives us two words talking about two different things, and the ESV translates both words together as men who practice homosexuality So it lumps the effeminate and the abuser of himself with mankind at, under the same umbrella. This assumes that the passage is talking about the sodomite who plays the role of the male in the intercourse and the catamite who plays the role of the female. Uh, so when uh, when two men go to uh, go to have sex with one another, the one play, the one playing the, the role of the male is the sodomite. The one playing the role of the female is the is one pitches and one catches, right? So, while these two sins are certainly included in this prohibition, the sin of being a catamite and the sin of being a sodomite, those sins are included in this prohibition. They are not the same sin. There's not there's not a generic sin being described here called homosexuality. Uh, In addition, this translation helps to blur the fact that an effeminate man was guilty of the sin described long before he got to the bedroom. In fact, that is likely why he found himself in the bedroom. In other words, the effeminacy described is not simply an effeminacy of explicit homosexual practice as, as the man plays the role of the female. Effeminacy um, can be a sin that is exhibited in how he walks down the street, how he talks, how he lisps, how he, uh, how he communicates. The same word, Arsenicoites, is used again this time by itself in First Timothy, and here it is rendered as "them that defile themselves with mankind." Them that defile themselves with mankind. First Timothy one ten, it says, "For whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind." There it is, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, so whoremongers. Abusers of them that defile themselves with mankind—that's our Senecoides. All such practices are contrary to sound teaching. How we came to the place where people can actually maintain that scripture is somehow open to homosexual demeanor is a testament to the staggering credulity of sinful men. Let's go. Go Continuing on with podcast episode one twenty-one, come to our book review. And this this book is a little off the beaten path, uh, and it might even be out of print. I don't know. Hunt for it in used bookstores or maybe on Amazon. You can track it down. It's a short little book, and it's called "Eggs Are Expensive, Sperm Is Cheap," and it's written by uh, a gent named Krebil. Um, C R K I'm sorry K R E H B I E L Krebil. Eggs are expensive, sperm is cheap basically what this is, is a short little book of politically incorrect thoughts about men and women and it proceeds from uh, he he lays down certain basic axioms he basically works he's the book works through 50 bullet points um and everything is related to this uh, th- the thesis statement in the title eggs are expensive sperm is cheap um uh, he argues in a way that is compelling to anybody who is still functioning with uh, common sense, that men and women are different. And one of the differences has to do with the fact that eggs are expensive and sperm is cheap. Um, And what he's saying is that it makes sense why we treat women as uh, as the ones who need to be protected, and why we treat men as the ones who are expendable. Um, why? Well, because eggs are expensive. So, a, a woman has a limited number of eggs, and she, um, she releases them uh, one at a time. A man has an almost uh, endless supply of sperm. You have millions of millions of them. And this creates a different calculus for the man and for the woman. So, this is not an amoral discussion of the, of the sexual interaction of the, of the sexes, as though the Bible is not the Word of God. It's simply saying that when, the, when we accept the authority of the Bible as the Word of God, and we accept the traditional morality that the Bible um, gives to us, and then we look at the way the world actually is, we see that that morality Makes good sense of the way the world actually is. If a man is, uh, if a man is reckless sexually, um, and a woman is reckless sexually, uh, both of those sins are sins. But the woman pays a much, much higher price for her recklessness than the man usually does. Right? So one sexual encounter, and the man is down the road whistling. One sexual encounter, and the woman is a single mom with her career prospects ruined, and she has to drop out of school and she pays a disproportionate price. If you understand that men and women are wired differently, you are going to set up your your customs and your laws and your expectations with that in mind instead of trying to make any recognition of those differences between men and women illegal. So, uh, Krabiel argues, and I think in, uh, effectively, that a society can afford to lose the majority of its men, and it can still recover. A society cannot afford to lose the majority of its women. It makes, uh, and this is because eggs are expensive, sperm is cheap. Um, when you, uh, so, it makes sense why all the people in the amphibious landing craft in normandy were men it makes sense that when there's a strange noise in the basement in the middle of the night the man is the one who is supposed to go up uh, to to go down into the basement with a flashlight and a revolver and investigate he's the one who's supposed to do that because he is more expendable than she is she is to be valued and protected, and he is to be the shield, the one who does the does the protecting. Now, Krabil is not writing about a world in which the good guys win all the time. Uh, it is frequently the case that good men have stepped in between their wives or their girlfriends, or their daughters, and the danger, and have taken a hit, and have died. The good guy dies, and that's the way it ought to be. The, the, the good man uh, takes the blow instead of letting the blow fall on his family, and that is the way it ought to be. It's This is a good thing. It's a design feature. It's supposed to be that way. And there's no other way to, to winnow it down except by saying men are more expendable than the women are. And if men are more expendable, then it makes sense for the society to be more willing to take risks with the men than they are willing to take risks with the women so um this book is uh, you know this is probably one of those things if the book's out of print it's um you can probably get a copy off of Amazon for fifty dollars or something I'm not saying it's worth fifty dollars but it's a it's a it's a it's the kind of read that will mess up your hair it's the kind of read that will make you, that will say out loud things that things that Uh, you instinctively know and it's uh it's just a bracing bracing good read fun good